Sports Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill. Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider. Nor-com.com. JTM Food Group, let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are uh, broadcasting from uh, our uh, home studios, if you will. Tom Brenneman's at his house. I'm at mine, and uh, we are bringing you the Reds Hot Stove League, as always, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Tom, uh, certainly a tough time. We should be probably on a plane right now, leaving Toronto on our way to Pittsburgh right now. Unfortunately, that is not the case, but we'll still talk some Reds baseball and talk baseball in general here over the next hour. Well, I look forward to it. You're exactly right. Uh, I was thinking about that today. I was out uh, cruising around with uh, our daughter and then just talking about, Dad, where would you be right now? And I exactly what you just said. Be wrapping up a series in uh, Toronto today, uh, the third and final game of that series. And then the Pirates, I'm sure, with a day game tomorrow that was scheduled to be there, probably their home opener, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that makes sense. There's the off day, I think, yeah. on Friday. So, yeah, that would make sense that that would be why the uh, day game tomorrow. But, yeah, and a, a pretty early game in Toronto as well. Some news out of Toronto, by the way. Uh, we're all hoping to get this baseball season started as soon as possible. The league came to an agreement with the Players Association uh, late last week on uh, when everything gets going, how everything will look. And they basically agreed that, yeah, it's going to be a very fluid situation um they they cleaned up some loose ends as far as financial deals uh they they came up with some contingencies regarding the draft and a lot of other things that that aren't that exciting the big thing was that it sounds like both teams want to play as many games as humanly possible once they get the green light but with the news out of toronto today uh they've announced a ban on all public events conducted or permitted by the city uh through at least june 30th now that does not necessarily include professional sports. So, uh, and one of the stipulations in that agreement, Tom, was the fact that everything's got to be cleared up. Every everybody's got to be good. There there can't be any more restrictions on mass gatherings uh, in order for baseball to get going again. Well, it's exactly right. And so, you know, to, to say that's a fluid situation would be the uh, the understatement of the year because, uh, you know, there's not one single person out there who knows where all this is going and, 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 and how far it's going to last and how long it's going to last and all those kinds of things. You know, look, if, if, if Canada has made that decision, it's still only one team that plays in Canada. Theoretically, they could, if you got to a point where you were back playing baseball again, theoretically, um, I don't know if, 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 if what they're saying exactly, because I haven't read the release and, and the statement that they made, but, I mean, you could play games with no fans there. That's something that's been talked about before. Or if the Blue Jays just had to move all of their games to somewhere else, Major League Baseball would find a way to do it. I just think it's so interesting about all the different things they're talking about doing. 
Um, and especially, you know, the, you just used the, the, the term a minute ago, as long as they possibly can. I mean, realistically, you know, I understand the whole part about maybe having the playoffs or especially the World Series um, in, a, in a neutral field site with a retractable dome or a, a good weather city, i.e. Phoenix, somewhere like that, both in their case, or Dodger Stadium, because it looks like they, they have a chance to miss out, more than likely will miss out for the All-Star game. But I, I just find it really hard to believe that, that baseball is going to be playing regular season games through the month of October, don't you? I, I, I just, it sounds like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I could imagine regular season games being through the month of October, but but much beyond that, I mean, it's, I just can't imagine, say you're in the heart of a pennant race, and yep. now all of a sudden it gets to the cold weather months and your schedule moves to a neutral site and down the stretch meaningful games that would be tough that would be that would be really tough of course these well, are all hypothetical I mean, situations yeah you're right and trying to figure out the people whose responsibility it's going to be are you going to completely flip-flop and overhaul the entire schedule or are you going to pick up where it was left off because you know um Baseball has created a situation in the last number of years where you're almost exclusively playing division games in the month of September. Well, if you just picked sure. up the schedule as it was, you'd still be playing those. But if you're playing games in October, and all of a sudden, you know, the Reds are playing the, the Boston Red Sox. You know what I mean? And yep. so there, there, there's just a lot going on right now. And that, that's way above my pay scale, big boy. I don't know about you. Uh, definitely beyond mine, and uh, thankfully so. I'm glad we don't have to worry about it. Uh, we just sit back, read what's out there, read what's being reported, and uh, you know, the, the commissioner even talked about basically the fact that every scenario is on the table. They're looking sure. through and considering everything. He said that last week in an interview with Matt Vaskersian. Um, you mentioned the, the possibility of, of games with no fans if uh, the major league season here in the States is ready to get going, but maybe Toronto's still not ready for it. Um, that is not something that, that I don't think anybody wants. That That no. is not a scenario. I mean, that's a that's an absolute worst-case scenario. But, again, it goes back to what the commissioner said. They have to consider everything that's on the table. Um, it, it's got, it's going to be, be – you know, Tommy, i got to be honest with you. I, I, and, and, I mean, I'm going to sound, and people are going to get really upset by this. But i got to be honest with you. If you could find a way – where the the twenty say expanded the say you decided tomorrow you're Rob Manfred that you're going to play baseball tomorrow and you had twenty five guys all had to get tested before they could put on a uniform and those are the only people that they are around that walk into that clubhouse and then they walk out onto the field and they get tested again before you come play again the next day now the travel. Is where you're going to start, you know, obviously getting into some situations where it's extremely different. But I'm not talking about, like, I should probably, let's just say June 1st. You make a decision, that's what we're going to do, and you hope that whole curve and everything started to flatten out, and it's all hoping and playing, and I get it. But, you know, the baseball, when you say the worst scenario about playing with no fans, I think baseball would give such an incredible lift to this country if they could find a way to play games, and I don't care if anybody's in the stands, to have something for people to get as a diversion in the not-too-distant future, if we keep going on like we're going on right now, would be an incredible coup for the sport and I think would be an incredible uplifting time for the country. And if you had to do it that way, 
then, then that's the way you got to do it. You imagine and the other advantage on TV every night right now. Right. Uh, th- you know, that would I mean, make that, that would make the situation a lot better for a lot of people. There's no question. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, make a I'm good not point. diminishing the loss of life and, and, and the sickness. I'm, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand me here. But I'm just saying if you got to a point where you say, okay, we don't want people in the stands, but we can still start playing baseball games and putting them on in this country to try and at least give people something else besides Netflix or whatever it is that they're doing, or the Lord knows the news every night. I mean, it would give them something just to get away from all this. This is just thinking out loud. And let's face it, you know, baseball, if we start drifting into October, November, Tommy, you're going up four days a week against the NFL. And that right. would be a PR nightmare for Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a perspective that I think uh, I, I don't know that I've I've seen that looked at that way. That's well, a great, I, I great guarantee point, you, Rob Manfred's looked at it that way because you know, look, there's no question. Looking to jump on baseball, you know, we love baseball. It's our life. We've made a great living at it. But the numbers in baseball have not been all that great lately. And people are always looking to pick pick the sport apart. If you give people a reason to not only pick it apart, but to just start slicing it apart. Like, you know, a postseason game and whatever is going against Thursday night football and two teams and the football games got double the ratings, that's not good. Well, that's it's certainly uh, a different perspective, and, and you're right. That would that would be problematic. But, well, we, uh, we'll get to a break here. We'll take your phone calls as well. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to have Amir Garrett, who was involved in something pretty interesting over the weekend. Uh, he was actually one of four active major league players that played a little mini tournament of MLB the show. We'll talk to him about that and how he's staying busy during these quarantine times as well. If you'd like to contribute to the show as well, give us a call 513-749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Again, those numbers 513-749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. The special $100,000 guaranteed split-the-pot jackpot has been extended due to the delay of the start of the season. Tickets are available online at reds5050.com. You must be 18 or older and in the state of Ohio to purchase. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF across the Reds radio network. Uh, those of us in the media, some access to some guys that it might be difficult to otherwise have access to. And one guy that uh, spoke to the media uh, was Alan Zinter. Um, and, and he had a lot of things to say, talking about trying to keep up with everybody. And, and, and this is what he had to say about what the biggest challenge has been with trying to keep track of everybody throughout all of this. I think you guys are going to be resourceful. I think they're, they're going to be able to do what they need to do to stay physically uh, in shape, uh, I think it's more of the the, the mental side of it, uh, being able to wake up every day and, and, and see this as a challenge, and you know, make sure that your mind doesn't start to wander, uh, you know, because we are human beings, and uh, you know, it, it is a, a, a gloom, you know, uh, thought process right now. Is you know, it's not fun to to get up and hear the news and and listen to all this going on, but uh, if we can maintain our, our focus and, and try to, to seek out um, the positives and, and, and keep our mind there, um, I think that's the biggest challenge is, is keeping your mindset um, focused in on what we have to do and, and what's important in, in, in their little worlds uh, going forward. 
that is Alan Zinter talking about some of the biggest challenges, and I think that's got to be tough for guys, especially like we talked about before. This is certainly an open-ended situation. We don't know when it's going to end and when we're going to have baseball again, but you try, I'm sure, as a player to keep in that mindset of, of getting ready to go once the bell rings. Yeah, and Tommy, I, you know, for a lot of these guys, I was reading an article the other day about a couple of baseball players, and, and then a kid who's a football player that was a great player, Robert Landers, up at Ohio State. He's a senior this year, graduating, um, and, you know, he's trying to get ready for the NFL draft. But they told the story, and look, not all these baseball players have some huge gym, you know, inside their house. Uh, right. You know, a lot of people, I think, think that. But it's not necessarily the case. They might have a place close to them they can go to and work out like the rest of us. And, you know, they, they, they were telling the story of this kid, you know, and, and like a lot of baseball players, uh, the, the two other guys they were mentioning, minor league players, you know, they, they, they came back home. They were going to work out in their gym. They tried to go to their high school gym. Now that's been closed down. And so there's just nowhere to go and nothing to do. I wonder how these guys are able to really do anything besides get out there and run. Well, that, that that's a – that's something that a lot of guys are facing. We've seen guys set up a net in their living room and take yeah. swings in their living room off the right. tee. We've seen that right. on Twitter. Uh, Amir Garrett will talk about it coming up in a little bit. His neighbor used to play college baseball. He's playing catch with him out in the street to stay loose. We'll talk with him coming up. Amir Garrett joins us next. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. We were talking about Alan Zinter. Uh, he's, he joined uh, members of the media on a conference call. Uh, I think that was last week, if I'm not mistaken, late last week. And um, he, he talked about an array of subjects. And uh, one of the things he talked about, Tom, we, we saw Nick Zell last year before he got hurt, really made a big adjustment to his swing. And, you know, he felt like at the time he was capable of uh, hitting with a little bit more more power. And that adjustment that he made just didn't really seem to work out too well for him from, from mm-hmm. what we saw. And, and you know, he was a, a pretty solid hitter. And then the, the numbers really dropped at that point. Uh, so that was that was something that, that he was having a pretty good season. And all of a sudden trying to get a little bit more it just didn't quite work out for him. No, it didn't, and he was really frustrated by it. I mean, uh, anybody who was around Nick uh, on a daily basis, as we were during the season last year, you know, you, you could see it building um, day after day after day when he went through that extended, tough slump. And, and then finally, I think it came to a head, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, we were in Miami when he basically just said, I'm done with this. And then shortly thereafter, he got hurt, he was lost for the year. That sounds about right. Um, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember specifically when it was, but I do remember we saw him make the change because it was a visible change. We could see yes. it. I mean, it, it yes. was from the setup to everything. Um, but anyways, Alan Zenter talked about that a little bit. I think we have that sound bite uh, of Alan Zenter talking about Nick Senzel. Do we have it? Uh, maybe we don't have it. That's all right. I mean, we're, we're trying to do this from three different locations. That is that is a so very valid point. Bear with us. I mean, the guys back at our studios uh, in the Rake's flagship home at WLW are doing a great job, and we're trying to do the best we can, we hope, 
from uh, our respective homes. So if, if it got lost in the shuffle, it got lost in the shuffle. It, it, it might have got lost in the shuffle. And I know uh, they're uh, they're trying to get a mirror on the line as well. So they got a lot going on back there in the studio trying to balance the uh, president's address of the nation as well. Yeah. Um, but but he also he also talked about uh, Shogo Akiyama, and, and he was – really saying uh, that even though he'd only seen him for a couple of weeks, uh, he was pretty impressed with what he saw uh, from Shogo. I, I know you saw him a little bit down there. What, what were your impressions of, of Akiyama and the, the limited sample that we had to see him? Well, Tommy, I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm not going to sit here and try to be a, an expert on Shogo because I did not see him enough. You saw him far more than I did. But the one thing that always stands out when you get the Japanese player who's played seven, eight, nine, ten years when they come over here like Ichiro had at that point in time, and I'm not comparing Shogo to Ichiro because there's only one Ichiro, um, could, could, could be argued one of the greatest players in the history of professional baseball. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki. But, you know, they come over with a very polished look. They're veteran players. They aren't like watching some young phenom come up who's 19, 20, 21 years old, and they're green in this area or they're green in that area. Shogo is a professional player and has been very successful for a long time. And I think that's the thing that just stands out. The way he walks to the plate, the way he carries himself at the plate, the way he is himself in the outfield. Um, the, the, the guy's a pro's pro, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. He is going to be a terrific addition to this Red team once we get going. Don't you agree? And it, yeah, I, 100%. And I thought he was really just starting to get comfortable, too, uh, when when camp got shut down. I mean, he, he was starting to, to just – the way he was interacting with teammates, uh, the, the way he was going about his business, uh, the way he looked at the plate, too. I mean, his bats were starting to get a little better. Yeah. Alan Zinter – uh, Reds hitting coach talked about Shogo Akiyama. I think we've got that that ready to go. We like what he does over there. We want him to come over here and do the same thing. So um, that's what we're our main focus with him is to to make sure that he understands it. We don't want him to come over here and start pulling the ball or start trying to get more home runs. Let's come over here and get comfortable and and, and be who you are. And I think that's a great point because. The Reds signed him for what he could do and what he was doing in Japan. That's what they're expecting him. It seems like so many times you see uh, players, and you can probably speak to this more than me, but so many times you see players, they get signed, whether it's to a big extension, uh, sign a big contract, or, or you know, maybe they get called to the big leagues for the first time. Something, a big career change in somebody's life, and all of a sudden they try to feel like they have to be somebody more than who they are. The Reds signed Akiyama for what he could do in Japan, and I think that's what they, they want to see out of him. Hey, look, yeah, let's be honest. You go back and look at his career numbers as a professional player in Japan. If the Reds got anywhere close to those numbers, just his average numbers per year since he's become a regular player, that would be one of the great signs in the history of the Reds franchise if he could put up the kind of numbers that he put up while playing in Japan. Batting average, home runs, stolen bases, his defense, on-base percentage, all those kinds of things that just do. You're right, Tom. I mean, you are a hundred percent right. When guys sign the big money contract, they try to all of a sudden become something more to justify the cash. This guy is making a lot of money. He's not making like stupid money. He's making a rock solid major league payday for a player that's done what he's done in Japan. And if he just comes here and does the same thing, the Reds will be thrilled to death if they sign Shogo. 
no question, and uh, certainly appears to be on that track. Uh, one more, he talked about Joey Votto and, and building a relationship with a guy like Votto uh, that, that has certainly had a great major league career to this point. He's established, and uh, Votto is, is sometimes his own best hitting coach, and Alan Zinter talked about that as well. I'm not coming in here, you know, dumping everything that I know on Joey Votto and saying, that, hey, Joey, I think you need to do this because that would be ridiculous. You know, it's just, you know, having common sense and, and building a cool relationship with him. Uh, he respects, you know, me coming in and, and, and what I need to do. And I respect who he is and what he's done in this world. And I understand that he's done some unbelievable things in this game and that I can learn from him. And hopefully, you know, through conversations, uh, he would get a good sense of, you know, what I'm here to do and, and how I'm here to, to help support our players and not here to, to tell players what to do. That is Red hitting coach Alan Zinter talking about Joey Votto. Coming up, we're going to hear from Amir Garrett. He's going to join us on the show. Uh, gives us a chance to remind you to become a member of the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Densmore. And if you do that, you'll receive an exclusive Marty Brenneman bobblehead. Sign up at RedsMuseum.org. Quantities are limited and available with all levels of membership. Uh, please note that the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum is currently closed through May the 12th. More on the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF across the Reds radio network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. As always, it's presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thrall and uh, talking some baseball today. Uh, of course, you can get in on the act as well if you'd like to give us a call, 513-749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-1. Uh, Tom, I, I, last week we were texting a little bit back and forth, a uh, big group of us uh, Reds broadcasters. Uh, it turned out that on MLB Network there was – now some people may look at it as a Randy Johnson marathon. It seemed more like a Tom Brenneman marathon. I mean, you were on MLB Network – with the call of Randy Johnson's, um, of course, the game in the World Series, the Game 7 of the World Series in 2001, and then uh, right after that is perfect game. I mean, you were this was wall-to-wall Tom Brenneman coverage by the Boy, MLB I, Network. I, I feel sorry for anybody if that's the case. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, my, my family, they, 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 they were probably, they'd have been throwing tomatoes and stuff at the TV for crying out loud, <laughs> like a lot of other Red fans. I think it's pretty cool, though. I did not know about any of those other games you were talking about. I did know about the twenty strikeout game because I jumped in on that text. And you know, it's funny. I was I was I was explaining what my dad and I were talking about. And of course, they played the Reds in that game out in Arizona. Right. But you know, my my dad's done so many you know tens of thousands of games that he asked me. He said, "Well, what ended up happening in that game?" And I'm like, yeah, and I don't remember a lot of the games either. You know, you do enough after a while. But, I, you know, that was one of them that, that really stood out. And I said, well, if you remember, Johnson didn't even get the win in that game. I said, Chris Rietzma pitched every bit as well minus the strikeouts as Randy did. And it was a, uh, it was just an incredible game to watch. I mean, you know, I ended up watching maybe about 15 or 20 minutes of it, and then we were running around and other stuff going on. But, uh it was cool to see. It was really cool to see, and that was uh, that was quite a nice result. Yeah, no question. And that's what it was. I, I misspoke. I said it was the World Series. It was. It was the twenty strikeout game, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, the other game was followed up after that. Uh, not the World Series game, but yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. You've you've been at this for a long time. How many games 
really stand out in your mind? Because I'm like you. I can sit there and do games. Now, I haven't done the big league games like you have, but uh, I just it's it's very rare that a game really truly stands out in yeah. my mind. Are there some that 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 yeah, kind of jump I mean, out at you, know, you that that stick yeah. with you? Yeah, I mean, just like you know, like um, I mean the uh, the you know the Randy Johnson twenty strikeout game, the Randy Johnson uh, um, perfect game. Um, my first game ever announcing for the Reds back in 1988, back when the Mets had a powerhouse team and the Reds were building with all those young players. And, and then the first game I did with Johnny Bench, uh, I was telling my son the other night, he was playing MLB The Show, and he, he was playing a game at Shea Stadium. And it brought back memories where, you know, um, uh, Chris Sabo hit a home run in the top of the ninth inning uh, against Jesse Orozco, and it gave the Reds a lead. And then, I mean, no sooner did that happen, Daryl Strawberry hit one three-quarters up off the scoreboard in right field. And that was the first game I ever did for the Reds with Johnny Bench on TV. But, you know, it, you know, it's all, the postseason games are always fun when you get a chance to do those, and, and we had a few of those in Arizona. Uh, when I was there, and, and, and then and then a lot of the network stuff. I mean, the the, the 2003 league championship series. I did the, the Bartman game, uh, that entire series for Fox, and that whole scene um, is something that you'll you'll never forget as long as you live. Because you know, when the ball was hit down the left field line, and Bartman catches the ball, um, and then Felipe Alou, not Felipe Alou, forgive me, Boise Alou makes a big deal. About it jumping up and down, and that he caught the ball, and and then we were able to see actually off the air what fans were starting to do to this guy, and throwing things at him, and and, and I mean it, it was bad, it was really 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 bad. But uh, you know, just some of those games, I mean, you're just so thankful and blessed that you had a chance to do them, and hopefully there's a lot more of those to come, and, and some Reds postseason games would be nice. No question that <laughs> you're not kidding there. That is, uh, and that's something that I think, you know, I was reading something Mo Egger wrote in the athletic and uh, I thought he did a really nice job writing about um, the really just the, the fact that there was no opening day. I don't know what you did on opening day. What was supposed to be opening day last Thursday right. um, went for a little walk, actually walked down by the stadium. Um, they, it looked like they were, there was some video board test work going on or something that, that, you know, some of the stuff was lit up inside the stadium and, you know, it turned out to be a beautiful day, but he, he did a really nice job writing about, you know, what it's like from a fan's perspective. This is a season that we, we've all anticipated a, yeah. a great deal. And um, now we're just sitting here wondering when it will begin, but once it does, this is still going to be a pretty exciting team oh. to watch. And I think that that hope certainly can help get us through what is a very difficult time right now. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, everything the Reds did this off season and bringing in guys and and in this move and that move and the the, the entire town for the first time. Let's be honest about it. For the first time, really, since uh, the two thousand and thirteen two thousand fourteen season, uh, you know, have legitimate reason to be really excited about the things that could be happening around here this summer. And hopefully, we're going to get that chance uh, to play some of those games and watch those players out there and see if the Reds can can do what a lot of people, including you, every day in spring training, think they're capable of doing. Well, there, there were I, – I get asked a lot, uh, still doing some, some radio shows, and some folks will call in from time to time, and uh, they ask, well, how did, how did this team look in spring training? Well, they, they look pretty good. A lot of the guys are doing what we expected them to do. We'll wrap up the show. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. We'll put a ball on it when we return on the Reds Radio Network. 
back in. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Sign up your son or daughter for the coolest club in all of Reds country. For only 30 bucks, your child can become a Reds Heads Kids Club member and get an exclusive backpack jersey, A. Eugenio Suarez bobblehead, free Reds tickets, members-only experiences, and plenty more. Purchase today at Reds.com slash Kids Club. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. We've been talking some Reds baseball today, and um, we were talking about spring training and how this team was really starting to look like it was coming together. The wins, you can't, as we've talked about a million times, you can't make anything out of the wins and losses at spring training. What you look at is how good the pitchers looked. They certainly looked good. Uh, and, and, boy, it was so much fun to watch Mike Moustaka swing the bat every time he got into the box. That guy can just flat out hit. He, has, he, he is going to be a fun guy to watch once we get going. Well, he'll be a fan favorite. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And and, 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 and Castellanos, I think the same thing, too. I mean, I just think that once he gets his feet on the ground, uh, you know, there's a little more I'm not going to call it edge, but you know, Moustakas is just a much more lighthearted kind of guy. Fun guy to be around. And that's no knock on Castellanos. I mean, he's just the kind of guy that everybody wants to be around, and I think the fans here in this town are going to love Moustakas. He, uh, as you know, good dude. Fun guy. I was with him on the Reds Caravan this past year. And, and uh, you know, your old hometown, Kansas City, played on a couple of teams that went to the World Series there. One of them, of course, which won the whole thing. And so uh, it'll be fun to get him out there, my man. You know what I thought really speaks about what type of guy Mike Moustakis is from a fan's perspective? He's played in Kansas City and Milwaukee. In both places, he has been a fan favorite. I mean, no and, and look. And and he wasn't in Milwaukee that long. We keep thinking he was there for two seasons. He was basically there for a year and a half, not even that, in Milwaukee. And the fans there absolutely adored him. That's the absolutely. type of player. I mean, that's just the type of character you're getting. You're exactly right. You can't help it. You know, one thing, Tommy, I wanted to bring up before we got off the air today, and I know that uh, sure. because of the president's press conference, we're going we're gonna to hold out on Amir Garrett uh, until the next time we do this show. But... Um, you know, they, they have this thing on Reds.com right now where you can vote for the all-1990s decade team. I'd ask people to take right. a look at that thing. It is really cool. And some of the choices are really tough. That's that's a great point. Reds.com, get your votes in. That's tell you what, there have been a lot of articles written about, uh, you know, top players at each position. I, I think Mark Sheldon's doing that right now. Uh, a lot of retro pieces that are kind of fun to go back and read oh. right now that you can find all over the place. Tom, be well, my friend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Hey, God bless everybody out there. Keep your chin up. That is Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. And a special thanks, as always, to our guy back in the studio, the broadcast sheriff, Dave Keaton. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again next week on the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network.